seat and grab a glass. Millennial Sun Podcast. Time to wind down, swirl that glass, open up. If you like how it's feeling, catch the fire, turn it up. Y'all know what time it is. The Millennial Sun Podcast. Have a seat and grab a glass. Millennial Sun Podcast. Time to wind down, swirl that glass, open up. If you like how it's feeling, catch the Everybody. My name is Isis Daniel, also known as the Millennial Psalm, and we are here for another episode of the Millennial Psalm Podcast. Oh my gosh, y'all. Happy New Year. Have you been? How's the New Year treating you? Have we set our New Year's resolutions? Are we not into it? Like, I want all the jazz, y'all. Social media, let me know, okay? But as for me and my house, okay, we are definitely focusing on um, a theme this year, which is culture change. I don't do the one goal and I'm going to go work out this year. Like, no, it's it's overall, I'm going to care more about my health and these are the things I'm going to do to do that, right? Um, as far as culture change being the theme, I'm implementing that within my personal life and also within my business. And I want to be clear, you know, how do you implement culture change within your personal life? Well, what people don't know, I think I tell y'all this all the time, (laughs) but some people might not know. I am an introvert. All right. And I know it looks deceiving. I'm talkative. I sing all the time. I definitely am a performer. I, you know, I can be out front. I can lead all the things that make someone think or assume you're an introvert or extrovert rather is false. At least for me, it is. I'm an introvert. I stay to myself. I'm very uncomfortable in crowds. <laughs> like, like all the things that you're like, what? ISIS? Yes. Um, networking scares me. <laughs> Meeting people is overwhelming because I'm overstimulated, um, It's a lot when it comes to me, but I want to do better and I want to exercise that muscle. I think that the pandemic and being in quarantine and all of that was uh, very crippling for me because I just, I'm not that girl. I'm, I'm really happy for work because if it wasn't for work and travel and making me get out of my comfort zone and be around people again, I don't know where or who I would be. Can I get an amen? But I'm very grateful for all the work that I've been doing over the last two years that has been pushing me. But now outside of work, it's time to really start putting myself out there again and meeting new people and making new friends. Like it's time. So that's what I'm going to be focusing on, a culture change within my own life. But then also more importantly to me is actually within the wine industry. I think that we have been, you know how they have the iceberg analogy, right? You have what's above the surface, but really, what is it, like 80, 90% of the iceberg is actually underneath the surface. And I think that we as an industry have been focusing on above, right? We are focusing on how everything looks marketing-wise. So we've made progress. We have more scholarships than we've ever had for people who are, you know, people of color or any minority groups. We now have wonderful, great communities all throughout the United States where people of different groups can come together and explore wine. I think that we are switching the conversation of sweet wines and really paying attention to everyone's palate, or so we think. Trust me, by the end of this podcast, you're going to have a different thought on that topic. But again, on the surface, I think that we have been doing our best to 
implement some form of change. However, in order to make real impactful, long-standing change, we have to identify and acknowledge what's under the surface. And we also need to be given tools as a community, sustainable tools to implement those changes. So again, they are long-standing. And then when we have those tools, we'll be able to embrace that new perspective without fear, because not only are we acknowledging it, but we're given the tools for it. And we are a community and we're able to come together and stand for it moving forward, right? So there's a whole lot that I want to talk about within the wine industry to challenge our thoughts, to challenge our perspective, to challenge our approach and how we see other people and their needs. And today we're going to start that conversation off with non-alcoholic wines. Now, hold up. Come back over here. All right, you are not slick. You're not going to turn this radio down. You're not going to turn this podcast off because I know I did a quality check and this is going to be a new segment that we have on the podcast where we do a little temperature check. Temperature check, your thoughts on that. This is the temperature check. Come on. I made that jingle once. Sooner or later, I'm going to make it. It's going to be real on the podcast. Y'all going to hear it. Y'all going to be like, oh, snap, she got it. But yes, we're going to do a temperature check. And it's basically when I ask a question to my followers on social media, whether it's on Instagram, TikTok, Patreon, wherever I am. And once I ask that question, you know, depending on the answers, we will talk about what, you know, what people have been saying online. And this conversation about non-alcoholic wines has really gave me a new temperature check of where we are as a community within the wine industry. Because although we aren't talking about palates the same way, although we are embracing sweeter wines and fortified wines a little bit more and not really judging people as much, we're still working on it, right? I've realized that that same approach to sweet wines and uh, palates that are underrepresented is the same issue that we're having with non-alcoholic wines. And I want to challenge your thinking. I want to identify the problem, give you some tools so that we as a community can move forward. And I would love to hear your thoughts after this podcast, of course, on all social media platforms, okay? At the Millennial Psalm on Twitter, Instagram, where else am I? <laughs> TikTok and Patreon. All right. So let's go ahead. Oh, YouTube too. So let's go ahead and get into the temperature check. Last week, I asked my followers on Instagram um, what their thoughts were on non-alcoholic wines. And I honestly, I was uh, I was impressed by the many different answers I received. It let me know that we all have different opinions. We're not all on the same page as far as the importance and relevance of non-alcoholic wines within the wine space. So some people were absolutely against it. Y'all were making me laugh, calling it grape juice. Y'all said it was a slick money grab. Um, Some people even went out to say, I mean, if you don't want to drink wine with alcohol, What's the point of trying to drink, you know? And the questions and the statements, I understand where they're coming from. So I just want to make sure I acknowledge that. But then you also have people who I think are a little bit more like me, who understand the value of it, even if they are admitting that they need to do more research on the matter, which y'all, all this research I've been doing on all alcoholic wise, I'm like, um, we need to check ourselves because it's definitely a valued 
item within the wine industry that we are undervaluing as an industry. We gotta do better. But then the other people who were responding to the temperature check were people who actually don't drink alcohol, who have been desperate to find great wine recommendations that fit their needs. And their need happens to be no alcohol. Y'all, <laughs> reality, reality, reality. So let's just talk about what reality is, all right? Every year, we talk about the same problem, the decline of wine sales, right? And we, you know, we can highlight, yes, you know, we have other spirits and beer and then also cannabis and any other industry that's breathing our air, right? We complain about it. But wine professionals, we have been doing our due diligence to highlight and acknowledge the fact the majority of the people in that statistic who are no longer drinking wine are actually abstaining from alcohol in general. Okay? So yes, we are in competition with other spirits and beer and everything else, but truly the issue is not other industries. It's the fact that people are choosing health over alcohol. I mean, and that's just health. Some people are abstaining from alcohol because of religious practices. Some people just don't like the taste of alcohol. Y'all have no idea how many people I've talked to who said they don't drink alcohol because they don't like how it tastes or they don't like how it makes their body feel. No matter what the reason is, 30% of the U.S. population, specifically the people who are 21 and up, <laughs> drinking age, don't consume alcohol. That is approximately 60 million people who are not consuming alcohol. Y'all, I want to go back to my original conversation about sweet wines. Uh, when I first got into the industry, that was something I really wanted to tackle because I started off in the industry drinking drier wines. That's just how my palate was built. I don't know. Maybe it was because I was drinking organic cranberry juice back when I was a kid. I don't know. But... While I was learning about wines, my mom enjoyed sweet wines, I enjoyed dry, and we cooked together, we came together. I was able to appreciate sweeter wines over time as she was um, able to appreciate dry wines over time. But one of the main focuses in my wine journey as a content creator was to talk to people who felt excluded from the wine conversation. And a lot of people, wine professionals included, used to shun people who are interested in sweet wines and they would say that's not real wine. I mean, when I did this temperature check, I was very inspired because of all the different, you know, points of view, perspectives of non-alcoholic wines. But simultaneously, I was definitely disappointed by my fellow, you know, comrades within the wine industry, <laughs> my fellow peers, right? Because we are in the business of wine and making sure that everyone's palate and needs are met. That's why we're here. We are stewards of wine. We are sommeliers, right? But the truth is a lot of wine professionals said, no, they weren't interested in non-alcoholic wines. They said they didn't respect it, that it's not relevant because it's not really wine. And I, you know, when you think about 60 million people being ignored within the industry. Yeah, different perspective. But I was also disappointed by my sweet wine drinkers because you guys know what it feels like to have a preference that the wine industry outwardly says is not good. Y'all know because we've had those so we've had so many conversations of people admitting that they felt 
ostracized, saying that they didn't feel that the wine industry was meant for people like them because it didn't cover their wine preference. We know what that looks like. We know what it feels like. However, we see people who responded to the questionnaire who I know drink sweet wines because we've had conversations, okay? Say flat out, if you're not going to drink a wine with alcohol, there's no point. Baby, just because you want to get a little buzz don't mean that the next chick does. And understand that, yes, there is a whole um, experience that alcohol adds to the wine, which I'm not sure if we're going to talk about that here or if I'm going to make some content separately about that. But alcohol is very important in the overall experience of wine. In fact, let's just go ahead and talk about that. There are two main um, benefits that I believe we should talk about when it comes to alcohol. Number one being the delivery method, right? So because of alcohol, aromas are transmitted from the surface of the wine and evaporated into the air, evaporating um, alcohol. And that's what we're able to smell, right? When we get those flavors and aromas, it really is that alcohol that is transmitting that. But then also one of the more obvious ones that we talk about all the time in every live tasting that I do on TikTok, right? And any other platform body, it contributes to the body, that mouthfeel that we love. So when we talk about non-alcoholic wines, I believe one portion um, a reason why people aren't so crazy about non-alcoholic wines is the difference in experience. So let's break down this experience thing, y'all. I have an analogy that um, I've been saying it for a while now. And people tend to understand. So hopefully it makes sense to y'all. Please don't, please don't kill me. But I do, uh, I compare non-alcoholic wine to fried chicken. Now, I know we're a little bit of a pause, right? But hear me out, okay? Fried chicken can be made traditionally three different ways. First being the most traditional, right? Flour, oil, fry, hot oil. You know what I'm saying? That's how I like my chicken. That is definitely my preference. If I have to be honest, I love me some fried chicken. But then you have like this baked chicken, fried chicken thing. <laughs> Now, as you can probably tell, not my preference, not how I typically make my fried chicken, but there are people who aren't interested in having their food submerged in oil. Like to them, it sounds absolutely disgusting. And some people don't like the taste of oil fried chicken. So they will batter their chicken up with like breadcrumbs or whatever, panko, whatever their choice is, and they bake it. They like the flavor, they like the texture, that's their preference. Lastly, you have something that's becoming or has become one of the most famous or more practiced way of making anything. <laughs> you can air fry your chicken. Now, I know there are a lot of people who are in my generation who air fry. We air fry everything. But you also have people like my great aunt who's in her 80s. Traditionally, she fries her chicken in oil and she will have it no other way. Don't let me give her the mic and ask her how she feels about air fryers. Because when I tell you she has a whole TED talk about how much she doesn't like it. But guess what? That's her preference. And I want to make sure that we are highlighting each way, each form of making this fried chicken allows the chicken to taste differently. It's all fried chicken, technically. However, it's not all made the same. And the experience of it is different. And the expectation of what it's going to taste like should be different. I mean, the first time I ever had or made, I, I was at my dad's house at the time, and I used an air fryer to cook. 
I didn't know what it was going to taste like. And in my mind, I was expecting it to taste like fried chicken in oil. Okay. When I uh, made it, I took it out the air fryer and I remember it was just so beautiful. It looked so crispy. I was like, oh, I've been to that thing, y'all. I was so disappointed <laughs> because it didn't taste right to me. I was just like, this is not fried chicken. And guess what? It was. It was just not what I was accustomed to, not what I was used to. It was a flavor that absolutely threw me off my axis. That's really what it was. However, I was able to come back to that air fryer and say, okay, I think I do prefer my fried chicken to be fried in oil. That's just a preference thing. However, I can make fries with this thing. I can warm up food. I can put my vegetables in here. Like I do so much with that air fryer, you guys. But I know where my line in the sand is drawn. Maybe not chicken. And I want people to have that same respect when we talk about non-alcoholic wines. It's okay if you don't prefer it. Okay, get the word out. It's okay if you like alcohol either for the buzz it provides, for uh, the body that you can feel within the mouthfeel, perhaps you enjoy the alcohol, or even looking at your wine. I mean, I've been drinking a few different non-alcoholic wines, and even just assessing color and looking for legs and all of that, you don't really get that experience. But guess what? Why would I? There's no alcohol. <laughs> And especially if the wine is like dry or has no residual sugar, low alcohol, low sugar. I mean, it's going to be a different experience. So as long as you as a alcohol wine drinker can accept that it's going to be a different category, allow people who are interested in that category to have it as an option. Don't feel so entitled by your option that is represented that you feel it's okay to tell someone else that you don't deserve it or that they don't deserve it, right? They don't reserve the opportunity and the right to have a drinking option that represents their needs and their desires. Why do we feel that we have a right to say, hey, because I don't feel like that's real wine or it's not something that fits in my palate preference, why do I have the right to tell you that your wine preference shouldn't be represented in a whole entire industry where there's 30% of other people who could be represented too? I don't understand. I don't get it. Right now, the wine industry could be taking advantage of this, what, what did I say, 60 million people? who don't drink alcohol, imagine if we actually put our resources together to create a new lane of wine, just as we did orange wine, rosé, sweet wine, any other category that you want to present that people have shunned for a very long time. Imagine if we did that for non-alcoholic wine drinkers. The decline in wine sales would immediately go right back up because the very people we're losing, we would regain Potentially. <laughs> so I'm going to close with this, talking about the benefits of non-alcoholic wines and also my own personal experience with it. Uh, number one, I do want to say that wine has great health benefits, whether it is non-alcoholic or alcoholic, right? Um, as a wine professional, we are not permitted to say that wine is healthy because of what? 
alcohol and how it can impact your liver, overconsumption, all the things that we have to be cognizant of in our speech, right? But there are health benefits such as antioxidants that are found actually in the grape, thus within wine. But with non-alcoholic wines, it actually has more benefits. Non-alcoholic wines outperform regular wine, reducing blood pressure, total cholesterol, and has been proven to treat heart disease. So there's some great, you know, great gems up in there. But I also want to say I come from a family that's split in half. My dad's side of the family, they drink wine, whiskey, whatever their poison is, that's what they do, right? <laughs> but on my mom's side, not so much. They are not drinkers. And it has been a very interesting journey being in wine where one side of my family, I, they're excited whenever I talk about my wine experience but they're not really able to experience it because they don't drink alcohol. When I first started doing all this research on non-alcoholic wines, number one, my sister-in-law, one of my sister-in-laws came to me. She doesn't drink alcohol because her husband, my brother, is a pastor. And she's like, I really would love some great wine recommendations. And so I've been trying to do that for her. But then also when I, whenever I talk to my family about wine and they want to participate, there's always this kind of like, hesitant conversation because they want to be involved and I think they want to taste the wine and they want to do all the stuff but it just doesn't either align with their religious beliefs or personal health convictions um I remember when I told my great aunt who was in her 80s that I was going to be doing a whole lot more research on non-alcoholic wines and she got so excited now I had to take some time away and think about why she would be excited but I think it's because it's a whole world that I'm living that she is not really allowed, rather, you know, by her own choice to be involved in outside of being a support system. I want people to think, especially all the people who are like, I don't see the point. Why do you want to drink wine if it's not? Wine is all about community. And that's something that we as a wine culture don't consider or think about. Sometimes people want a glass of wine so that they can be in the environment and not feel like they don't belong. I know that, you know, to you or to someone else that might not be their problem or your problem, but you're not drinking their wine anyway. So I'm trying to kind of figure out why it's your problem to begin with. But I remember times when I couldn't drink and I was hanging out with friends and I ordered a soda and I was like, can you put it in a, um, you know, like some make it look like I'm drinking something in real life. <laughs> just because I want to be involved. No one cares if I'm really drinking alcohol. It's not their business. But to be in the environment where you're talking and laughing and sipping wine, it's a whole moment. And we don't recognize as alcohol drinkers how we ostracize other people. 30% of the drinking population we ostracize and we don't invite them to the work happy hours or anything else where drinking is accepted. If we allowed our wine community to be as open as it should be, to represent not only the port drinkers and the sherry drinkers with their high alcohol selves, <laughs> but we can also invite people who do not drink alcohol to the table to be able to commune and be a part of our food and wine experiences, we would be opening the world of wine culture to a whole new height of inclusive, love, diverse experiences. We would be able to do that. 
But we can't do it until we, number one, take responsibility for how we ostracize and talk to other people about their preference or their drinking needs. So I'm actually going to close the podcast off with this thought that I had the other day while I was researching different non-alcoholic wines to purchase and to taste, right? And I realized, learned, discovered that Frejanet actually makes non-alcoholic wine options. Now, I don't know if you guys remember, but a few months back, I featured them in their uh, cava that they were, you know, rolling out. And I was super excited because it's a very affordable, accessible quality wine, sparkling wine. That's just great. But then I discovered that they had non-alcoholic options in my mind, I guess, started working with this. I don't know. I just could imagine this inclusive world immediately, right? Going to a baby shower and there being Frejeanette sparkling kava and Frejeanette, uh, you know, sparkling non-alcoholic options for any person who may be pregnant, a person who is, uh, you know, designated driver, anything, health, choice, option. I also thought about, you know, how people go on happy hours with their work. And some people actually choose not to go because they don't want to drink. They don't want to be pressured to drink. They don't, you know, there are no real options. They don't want to drink a soda like they want wine, right? And I thought that it was amazing that even for them, for people who do not drink wine or don't drink alcohol, imagine going and hanging out with your friends at the bar and you can actually have wine too. I just, the future is endless if we allow it to be. The future is endless if we stop putting unnecessary restrictions on other people's preference and life choices. Um, I just think that we are in a very special place right now, right? So I would love to hear you guys' thoughts. Please make sure that you follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Patreon, YouTube, all the jazz. But I really think that I have so much more to discuss on this topic and everything else, y'all. We about to be talking on this here podcast. So y'all settle in and make sure that you are ready. And if there are any topics you want me to discuss, you make sure that you DM me and you let me know because we are going to change this wine culture and make it a more inclusive, safe space. We upload these podcast episodes every Tuesday at 2 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So make sure you guys tune in next week and I'll, I'll see y'all there. Okay? Bye. Y'all know what time it is. The Millennial Song Podcast. Have a seat and grab a glass. Millennial Song Podcast. Time to wind down, swirl that glass. Open up. If you like how it's feeling, catch the fire. Turn it up. Y'all know what time it is. The Millennial Song Podcast. Have a seat and grab a glass. Millennial Song Podcast. Time to wind down, swirl that glass. Open up. If you like how it's feeling, catch the fire.